What's up, NBA fans? We are now in week three of the NBA seasons, and the last three weeks have given us quite a bit of talking points. We have first the war of the press releases between the NBA, the Clippers, and Kawhi Leonard, and defining what an injury is and what it should mean in terms of missing games. We've got a couple grudge matches, fights across social media, fights on the basketball court, and we also have some players reviving their career, making us feel like it's 2015 again in Dwight Howard and Derrick Rose and Isaiah Thomas. All this and more on this week's episode of the NBA Second Stringers NBA Podcast. But first, let's start with uh, the drug problem in the NBA. We're not talking about the cocaine problem. We're talking about the PED problem. That could be happening in the NBA, and they're coming down hard so far with the young guys. John Collins suspended 25 games, and DeAndre Aiden as well. Sean, you have DeAndre Aiden on your team. How are you feeling about this suspension? <laughs> oh, man, Alan, it has been a rough ride. I've been Google searching DeAndre Aiden <laughs> every day to see if there's any update to his case. Right when his suspension came out, I remember them talking about how they were going to try to get through the appeal process as quickly as possible to try to get him back on the floor, um, hopefully reduce or completely remove his suspension. And here we are, seven games into the suspension, basically Mm -hmm. almost a third of the way through it, and there has been absolutely no progress here with DeAndre Ayton's appeal process. There has not been any new news about it. And I got to say, this is probably going to be what we expect to see from John Collins' case as well. Like, if they haven't even gotten expedited DeAndre Aiden's case, I don't know why they'd get John Collins done any faster. So these these two guys are looking like they're going to have to probably spend most of the suspension actually serving it. And it, it's kind of interesting. I don't. I don't know if uh, the NBA is just ramping up their drug policy or um, testing guys more often, more randomly. But I don't remember in recent years past that there's been this many. I mean, this is the third case uh, we've had of a 25 game suspension. Um, the first being Wilson Chandler on the Nets, and then you have DeAndre Ayton after the first game, John Collins just a few games into the season and who knows right. if this is even the end of it um i didn't realize um that they're ramping up their this right drug and the only one that so comes much. to reset memory for me is oj mayo a couple years ago he served a whole season a whole year suspension because he failed the drug oh, policy yeah, that's right but it seems like these <laughs> these don't come down as often so it's a surprise that within like three weeks we get three guys out especially two significant young players and John Collins and DeAndre Aiden, both guys who were slated to have breakout seasons this year and key parts to their teams. And I mean, at this point, this is going to hurt the Hawks a lot. This is, I don't know if it's going to hurt the Suns. Obviously it doesn't seem like it at this point, but in the long run, of course it's going to hurt to not have the former number one pick on your team. So I kind of see this as like, uh, uh, just a sort of a the NBA sending a sending a signal to everybody, a strong statement to everybody that you know, like if you if you are thinking about this, if you're not surrounding yourself with the right health professionals, and um, then you better think twice because the NBA is obviously going to come down hard on you. And I honestly, I have a feeling that I don't think these are going to get appealed. And if they do, it'll probably be like when the twenty game suspension has already been served, or like there's only two two or three more games left. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I, f- I feel the same way. Do you think that um, John Collins uh, knowingly took his drugs, or do you believe his story that he unknowingly took a supplement that it's, had the drug? It's hard to say because it? they both just gave the stereotypical answer that any athlete across the board, regardless yeah. of sports, says, which is they put the blame on the professional they're working with. 
And if that's the truth, well, then this is a hard lesson for these young guys. Um, and if it's not the truth, I guess at this point it doesn't really matter. It's a 25K suspension regardless. Um, I hope these guys in the future surround themselves with better people if it was truly not their fault. But at the same time, you know, I'm not surprised. I mean, you play, you're playing 82 games. There's a lot of pressure. These two guys were also known and were, uh, in terms of feedback, were criticized for not having the having enough size to compete with some of the guys in the NBA. So I think these guys were definitely incentivized to take drugs, the type of drugs that they were they're accused of taking, to sort of to grow their bodies and and better compete with some of the big guys down low. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, I, I hadn't even thought of it from that angle. It's like, yeah, these guys just, they need to bulk up a little bit. And it, what yeah, is your way to do I mean, it? It's a competitive drugs. league, right? It's Sports are competitive, and it happens across the board. And the NBA has their test, and at this point, you know, they just failed it. Um, and at, it sucks, and I hope not many guys are putting themselves in positions like this. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Brandon Ingram. Watch out if Brandon Ingram starts bulking up. They're exactly. going to drug test I'll say him Gordon like crazy. Hayward is about to get tested after that performance he gave last night. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah man. He's but in, back. in terms of like Gordon Hayward, I mean, it feels again, like I mentioned it earlier, it feels like we're in 2015 again here with Gordon Hayward, Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. and Derek Rose. Um, all reviving their careers, and and of course in that pile we also put it, we got to put in Markel Fultz, who's also having himself quite a start to the year. But these are some guys who are back to their former self, or not to their former self, but reviving their career a little bit when it looked like they were on their way out. Who here are you most surprised by, uh, Sean? That's an interesting one. I think so. Markel Fultz. I mean, it's not like he's doing anything spectacular. But he's contributing to the Magic team. He's been a very good role player for them and actually just earned the starting role, the starting point guard role for them over DJ Augustine. Uh, His numbers are nothing spectacular, really. 10.1 points a game, two rebounds, 3.4 assists. But it's just solid production, you know? And it's not like they're looking for him to be the number one option right off the bat. Um, So I'm not, like, completely surprised. I'm not happy for him, though. Isaiah Thomas, I think is very surprising because in this guy, this is a guy who he was injured at the start of the season. We thought, Oh, like this is just going to be the, the mantra for his season. It's just, Oh, right. he had the chance, but he blew it. But he, he came back only after only missing a few games at the start of the season. And he came out swinging and he is great off the bench. And he earned the starting role within just a few games. Um, and the Wizards actually won their last game with him in the starting role, so that's pretty good for them. And he's averaging 12.5 points, 2.8 rebounds, and 7 assists. The 7 assists mark, I think, is the big one here for Isaiah Thomas. Um, he seems like he's actually getting a good feel for the game now with this Wizards team. Yeah. Uh, but Derek Rose, I got to give it to Derek Rose, man. 20.8 points a game, 6.3 assists. And this is mm-hmm. a most off the bench for Derek Rose. This is very impressive. So... Unfortunately for him, he's currently sitting out with a strained hamstring. So he actually missed tonight's game, that being Wednesday. But man, just to see him put up numbers like that again so consistently, like that's really cool. And like, I, I mean, we might have touched on it a little bit uh, in, our, in our division preview of the start of the season before the season started. But um, Derek Rose really was that home run hit for the Pistons because they didn't have a lot of cap space to work with. So. 
took a gamble right, exactly. on Rose and, and their it paid point guard off. situation with Rose out now is a little tricky with Reggie Jackson also out. But I mean, Derek Rose and Andre yeah. Drummond fueled the team's good start, so they're four and five now, which is it's not great. Yeah. But That's it's a little. It's, it's better than yeah. it's better than what I thought for them to start off, knowing that Blake Griffin was going to be out and Reggie Jackson was going to be out. I thought this team was going to sink straight to the bottom, but they're hanging on there and they beat some good. They they hung on against some good teams, so we'll see where they go moving forward. But seeing Derrick Rose put up twenty plus points, that, that's a bit surprising for me. Yeah, on a night in night out basis too, and then uh, you you want to throw Dwight Howard I mean, in here too. Dwight yeah. Howard, he's not he's not quite got the production, but man, has he really lifted the LA team and just the defense and his energy coming off the bench has been great. And I've got a trivia question on that on Dwight Howard. I totally forgot to ask it to start. But, oh, a mid, <laughs> but we got to do it because it's Dwight Howard question. related. Right, At this go. point, Sean. Yeah. How many shots yeah, has yeah. Dwight Howard missed seven games into this year? <laughs> oh, man. How many has he missed this year? So they're, seven they're, games. what, six games in? They're five and one? Seven, they're six and one? Hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to go seven one a shots. game. I'll go That's seven close. shots. So he's only missed six shots so far this year. So, oh, wow. I mean... It, He's not, <laughs> he's not taking he's not, but that still, many. Still, 78% he's shooting right yeah. now, basically because there are they're just all dunks uh, playing alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You mm-hmm. know, he's okay with not posting up, having the any play run for him. He's fine just grabbing rebounds and putting putbacks. And the fact that he's helping this Laker team revive and really being a punching a punch off the bench is is great. And I I, th- I think it feels a little bit like 2015 seeing these names pop up again as a uh, as scoring leaders <laughs> or just making contributions to their teams. I just have to note on Dwight Howard, he's not just grabbing rebounds; he's grabbing jerseys to win games. That's true. That was an epic shot, though. That was an epic shot from Danny Green. Yeah, an epic stealthy jersey right, grab exactly. by Dwight and Howard. And on that note of jersey grabbing, there was more than jersey grabbing happening between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the 76ers, between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid, each suspended for two games for that scuffle fight, if you want to call it. No fists were made. Or at least no fists, no fists were landed, and that's why the suspensions. Yeah, that's no, why the suspension the wasn't fight, quite yeah. as low. But still, I mean, I mean, the messages were sent not only on the court but also off the court. How are we feeling about this? I think it's funny, man. I mean, do you know was this a rivalry before, or were they? Did they not like each other before this game, or is this? A I don't new really know if you could call it a rivalry because these teams have rarely met each other um well yeah because it's like i feel like it's more of just like a who's exactly. the best big man in the league type of rivalry right and maybe with carl anthony towns having as good of a season as he had uh in the second half of this last season and his really hot start the start of this season that got the timberwolves mm-hmm. off to a 3-0 start um maybe at joel Embiid even a little intimidated, a little, I don't little know. threatened it's, by Cat. It's funny because I don't see it as a rivalry. Hot. I also don't see it as a little brother versus big brother thing because they're almost the same age. Yeah, and it's no, yeah, to no, me it's almost like Carl Anthony is trying to assert himself or send a message here because I think Joel Embiid, I think, is the better player. He's, he's won more. He's gone to the playoffs. He's gone to the Eastern Conference Finals where 
Car Anthony Towns hasn't even made the playoffs yet. This I mean this team hasn't even I don't think their team has finished as high as ninth or tenth in the in the Western Conference. Uh yeah. No, oh, they made the playoffs. With I guess they were Butler. there. Yeah, but they were like exactly. they weren't a high seat though. Um, they started off the year, but I do like the worse, fire. I do like the fire. Yeah, I mean, Embiid is yeah, Embiid is still more more accomplished yeah. than Carlton Towns. I'll give you that. But I don't. Know, I think I think that hot start, this hot start to the seasons, having Cat thinking like, why is Embiid getting all the credit? Like I'm yeah. the best big. I mean, man he in has had himself quite the start. So I mean, he's shooting threes, he's rebounding, he's playing defense. I like this. I like the way the Timberwolves, the direction the Timberwolves are headed on top of a alongside Carl Anthony Towns. So I hope they keep it going. Uh, two game suspension, I think, is like <laughs> extremely lucky considering Rondo and Ingram got like five games last year, which even yeah. then I thought was a little compared to what they did. Right. Yeah. This is this is a slap on the yeah. wrist. I mean, they've already served it. <laughs> now we're talking about this happened like what Friday last week, and it's already yeah. It yeah, felt it's like, like yeah, not even a now. slap, like a little <laughs> tap, just a poke. I know. Yeah. And then I think they both went like one and one while they yeah. served out. Yeah. I like, mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I guess <laughs> and moving on, on yeah, from there, yeah. I mean, because of that suspension, it gave this hot team a start. I think. Let's move into the segment, Sean. Let's talk about our biggest surprises this year. And I think one of them to start it off is the Phoenix Suns. They got that win against the 76ers without a Joel Embiid. But still, they did beat the Clippers earlier this year. They lost by one point. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't Kawhi Leonard. They lost by one to the Nuggets and lost by one to the Jazz. And this is all without uh, DeAndre Aiden, who's out because of that uh, suspension he's serving. And this is a team that's ranked top 10 right now in offense and defensive efficiency. So we are only seven games in, but still, they're sitting in fourth in the West with a record of 5-2. Five five and two. And this is all, I think, on the backs of some of the players that I did not <laughs> think would be yeah, as contri- contributing as much as they have been. And we're talking about Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio looking like a real leader on the floor, and really a, a dark horse here in Aaron Baines, man. Aaron Baines is just killing his career numbers right now shooting 48 from three on four attempts a game 15 points a game compared to his career average of five points we're talking about a 33 year old center uh no very little lift (laughs) yeah but probably he's just looking like a like a like a weightlifter out there just knocking people out and knocking threes down yeah this is kind of crazy he's 33 years old i didn't know that Holy crap. So, yeah, this guy should have already been in, like, the twilight exactly. of his career. And you now he's just finally getting started. And this is just one of those uh, this is one of those things where it's like you give this man the opportunity and he's going to deliver. And he, this has kind of just been waiting in the wings this whole time. You know, when he was in Boston, I mean, he was mm-hmm. backing up Al Horford, didn't really get as many minutes as he could. He was more just that bruiser off the bench. But now we're finally seeing like he can actually shoot exactly. the three super well. One of the best three point shooters so far, and it's almost as if Aiden <laughs> isn't missed at all at this point. I mean, Aiden obviously can give you a little more as far as points and rebounds, but Baines is is knocking bodies around in the paint too. I mean, exactly. this guy does, is no pushover by any means, and yeah, it's just cool to see guys like this just step out when they when they need to step up and uh, yeah he's a double double machine and i think at one point like ben simmons was trying to back him up and there was just no going <laughs> oh yeah, yeah dude. there that was just no wall. he just his, <laughs> he just throws his hands up and nobody's getting around him nobody's knocking him down there is no budging 
And on the other note as well, Kelly Oubre, I mean, we kind of make jokes about this guy a lot, but he's been balling like 18 points a game at 48% shooting. He's putting, he's knocking shots down. I mean, he's being a huge scoring punch for this team. And a part of it is I think I got to give some some kudos to Ricky Rubio here as well. Devin Booker is averaging the same amount of points as last year, but with a lesser usage rate as Ricky Rubio is just finding Oubre and Booker and Aaron Baines and uh, this other dude, what's this guy's name? Carter off the bench has just like been a defensive energy as well for this Phoenix Suns. They just have these characters. <laughs> yeah, names you'd never yeah. expect to be talking um, about. I mean, what right? do you feel here, though, Sean? Are, are we talking about a it's, team who's just bluffing us really hard? Or oh man, this is <laughs> this is so hard, man. Because I mean, as much as we talked about the players so far, I think the one person most responsible for this team actually looking like a legit True. NBA team is Monty Williams, the head coach. Like, like this roster really isn't that much different. I mean, yeah, you have Baines versus Aiden. Ubre's there, still Booker's there. Ricky Rubio, like, yeah, it's hard for me to say that. Like, Ricky Rubio is, like, right. the point guard mm-hmm. they were looking for this whole time. I think Monty Williams was the coach they mm-hmm. were looking for this whole time because he's able to do stuff with this roster that – <laughs> that Igor guy from last year had no clue what he was doing. Coaches before him had no idea what they were doing. Monty Williams came in. He chose the Suns over the yeah. Lakers. He clearly had a plan for this team uh, when he picked them as his destination in the offseason. And you're really seeing the fruits of it. I mean, no, I don't think yeah. anybody saw this coming. Uh, I would I would venture to say the <laughs> Phoenix Suns didn't even see this coming. Because they they could feasibly be seven and zero right now mm-hmm. if Aiton was still playing. They only lost, like we said, by one point yeah. in their two losses. One point. That's just absolutely insane to think about. And this team is just so scrappy. They get they get the job done on both ends of the floor. But man, it's it's one of those things where it's like, do we really believe this is sustainable over an yeah. eighty two Ex- game season? That's so yeah, exactly. hard for I mean, me especially to say. When you're talking about Aaron Bay shooting. 48% from three, totally not sustainable. Like that can't no. be, that cannot be sustainable, yeah. but like, does it need to be? Is the, like, if <laughs> he goes down to like 38, like, is that still a winning right. basketball team? Is Ubre able to average 18 a game? Maybe. I mean, he's still a young guy. Like he could be coming into his exactly. prime now for all we know. Devin Booker is legit. We know that. Um, and once this team gets Aiden back, I feel yeah. like they can only be better. I mean, they blew the only game he did play. They won by like 28 points. Granted, it was the <laughs> Luke Walton Kings, but it's still like a convincing victory. I oh man, I have to I have to think that they're gonna be in the race for most of the so. season for sure. Like we're gonna be seeing like the, they're gonna be there at the All Star break. They're still gonna be in playoff contention. I'll, I'll go as far as to say that. After that, I, I don't know, man. It's just, <laughs> I can't believe in the reversal this much. Yeah, it just doesn't make any when you, sense. when you consider the offseason they had, there was no star pickup. There was no fringe all-star pickup. Like I, Yeah, we were giving them so much crap for just dumping TJ yeah, Warren that's true. on the street. Imagine if they saw so TJ Warren on this squad. Yeah, like that like that was all we talked about was the Phoenix Suns was like all they did was dump TJ yeah. Warren on the streets of Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> like, to that's me the all most encouraging did, but... sign of for this team wow. is like yeah, I mean they're top ten in offense and I think offensively they have a great scorer in, in Devin Booker. 
But I think the fact that they're top 10 in defense, like that is something I think that is sustainable for this team. I think they have the I think they have the young legs to do it. They have Aaron Baines. I think DeAndre Aiden coming back will only add to that. So I think if they I think that's sustainable. And with that being said, I think that's a reason why I could see them hanging around the eighth and ninth seed and seventh seed for a good portion of the year. And then it's just gonna come down to the home stretch of like, you know how it is in the Western if you can stay healthy long enough yeah. <laughs> to get some wins. Yeah, I just I wonder if this is going to be similar to the Sacramento yeah. Kings last year, where they look great through the All Star break. Yeah, and I then think it's going to be similar apart. to that, where it's like they either hang on that last month, or health beats them up, or they stay healthy and focused enough to make a big run to sneak into the eight seed or something similar to that. Because right now, the teams that I thought were going to be there, the Kings, um, are not looking that good. Yeah, <laughs> no. so we'll see. Exactly. Yeah, the, the Warriors, Warriors are out of that now, race. The Warriors aren't in it. So mm-hmm. the, the door is open. We will say, I will give the Suns right now. <laughs> I really don't. I'm not going to be that optimistic still, but this is more optimistic than I ever thought I'd be. I'm going to give them a 10% wow, chance of the playoffs right now. A little lower than I would than I was thinking. I can't do it yet, man. I can't commit to anything more. It was 0% yeah. before the season started, so... That yeah. I stay, I'll give I think you an interesting stat <laughs> later in the podcast that I that I dug up, and then we can revisit that question. But oh. but for now, let's go to the, okay. let's go to another All surprise right. this year, which is to me probably the biggest one right now, second to the our yeah over the sun surprise is like the Lakers defense. I would, yeah, I would say the really? Suns is more surprising. I'm just, <laughs> oh, dude, it's the Suns. I think it's just as serious? a Lakers fan, the <laughs> fact that the Lakers defense and role players are stepping up this much, and they are actually number one in the West right now, <laughs> second in defensive rating. Dwight Howard is on the floor just blocking shots, setting great picks, getting the boards. No dramas coming out of this Laker team. I am stunned. I am absolutely stunned at what the Lakers defense and role players are doing. And I have to say they are – my biggest surprise so far at this point. I mean, with Howard on the floor, this is the small sample size, seven games, but still the with Howard on the floor, the Lakers are outscoring opponents by 25 points per 100 possessions. When he's off, they're, out, they're being outscored by 1.6 points. And, and this is a guy who's averaging career lows across the board, except for field goal percentage. Like I mentioned, 78%. <laughs> field goal percentage. Yeah, he's, 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 just, he's just putting up throwback dunks. Everything is a dunk. Oh yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah. The offense exactly. doesn't and run I think through this him. Is, he's really embraced the role that I think made him successful back in Orlando. Is he's a great, he's a big body. He's he's athletic enough. He's quick enough to 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 guard multiple positions and really disrupt shots at the rim. And and if he's there, he can put. He can. He's a great putbacker. So, I mean, this is the guy that that Dwight Howard should have always been. Yeah, I will. I will say. Yeah, I. I was not very impressed with Dwight Howard when yeah. we watched him play against the Clippers on opening mm-hmm. night. He looked bad. I was like, oh, great. He's here to <laughs> sabotage the Lakers a second time. But ever since that game, I, I think mm-hmm. he's really stepped it up. I mean, he's he's really playing way better than anyone expected. Not that he's, like, owning the league or anything. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, like, the defense is incredible. 
Um, he's slimmed down a bit this year. Um, I think, um, that's yeah. a big part of that's due to diet. Um, and I think he had, he had a quote saying like, oh, right. I he, thought I could eat fast food all my life. And I realized I need to actually eat healthy. Right. And he totally like, turned oh, that question. I think the question was, how do you, how, how do you feel about prep to pro players? And he totally didn't answer the question. Instead, he was talking about <laughs> nutrition. Yes, I know. What, but I mean, it, yeah. it has to have some right. degree of help for him. I mean, especially he's at 33 years old now. He's almost a near seven footer. Uh, that's a lot of pressure on his body. Yeah, but he's, you, and he's you doing what he needs well. to do. Yeah. Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard are both in the top 10 in terms of blocks per game right now, helping this Laker team climb to second defensive rating. I don't remember the last time there was a Laker team that took pride in defense and was top five in def and defense across the league. Yeah, like yeah. like as a team, right? Because like Kobe's right. Kobe's been all defense before, but yeah. But and then I mean, talking about superstars, I mean, th- one of the big reasons they're second in defense exactly. rating is LeBron James is actually I'm playing stunned. defense. I'm so this surprised. Year. I did not see this coming this early in the year. I thought this team was, again, like any other Laker team, it's just going to hang on offense and flash and showtime. But this is a team that arguably their defense is really carrying them. Offensively, I think they still haven't really figured it out. Um, Obviously, Davis and LeBron are scoring over 26 points a game. But uh, the role players outside (laughs) of Green and Bradley are still trying to figure things out. But defensively, they're all stepping up. Um, and I really hope this is sustainable because to be number one in the West, I didn't think it was going to happen. I got, I got to be honest. I thought the Clippers and the Nuggets were going to hang on to that number one seed. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think especially after they mm-hmm. lost to the Clippers on opening night too, because we're like, oh, okay, so they're going to get off to a slow yeah. start like we expected. The team's brand new; they're going to have to gel. No, they'll just go on a six-game winning streak right. after that. Well, and no I big thought deal. they ultimately just hang around the second and third seed for most of the year, but they're number one now, and thanks to Dwight Howard, mm-hmm. and I think also Green and Avery Bradley, like I said, some role players, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, some of these guys are still, I think, taking their time to get started offensively, but Green and Bradley are right there, 10 points each. I mean, Danny Green is shooting 40% from three. Every Bradley, 35% from three. So they're boosting this team. But they still got some holes, I think, to fill. They're still 25th in terms of three-point shooting. Offensively, they're still close to that 50 percentile. Um, so I think they still got some work. But as long as they can hang their head on defense. And I, again, I can't believe I'm saying that about a Laker team. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. It's crazy. It's like when I'm watching the game, it's like if if the other team has a fast break two on one against LeBron, I feel yeah, like LeBron's exactly. gonna get the steal. You know, like I feel like he, he has a better chance of taking the ball than they do yeah, in scoring, which LeBron, is just crazy. We, were, we we grew used to watching in two in 2012, 2011, and twenty thirteen, where he where it seemed like <laughs> if it was you and him one on one, whether it was trans, transition or or in a half court setting, he was gonna he was gonna get the better of that possession. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's really cool to see. I, I mean, I, I love me some defense too. It's like this team's, yeah, not not even allowing yeah. 100 points per game so far this season. It's just epic. And one of those yeah, is just because exactly. it went to overtime. Against the Dallas Mavericks. Right. Yeah. That's good stuff there. And then uh, another third one in here I, wa- I wanted to add in as a surprise. One of the good surprises we've had yeah. so far this season, Miami Heat. Miami Heat off to a 5-2 and two start. A team that we thought mm-hmm. was going to start regressing. Uh, we thought Jimmy Butler was a desperation move. Uh, we were looking at that 2021 Miami Heat un- unprotected first round draft pick like it was going <laughs> to be the number one pick overall. 
not the case, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for Oklahoma City, as this team actually looks like it has a bright future now. Um, their two rookies, Kendrick Nunn wow. and Tyler Harrow, one being at the end of the lottery and the other being an undrafted wow. rookie from the, the G Miami League. Heat always do such a crazy job the last few years of finding these randos. Now, like these random guards that just <laughs> I play know. pretty well. You know, they're not all stars or anything, but just pretty well enough to keep this team within playoff contention. Uh, really, it seems regardless of what else is happening around in the Eastern Conference, I've been surprised. I'm really surprised that Jimmy Butler, yeah. I mean, he's flexing and he is solid- he's trying to, he's really flexing and really showing that he's a top 15 player in this league because you and I, he's another guy that's not quite a favorite here on the podcast. We, Consistently talk him down, but <laughs> right, but yeah, he's, the he's attitude, balling right yeah. now. I mean, I I gotta give him respect for what he's doing with this Miami Heat team. Right, yeah, we thought that this move to Miami was just hit for him to enjoy the mm-hmm. spotlight with a max contract, and he was done with basketball. But yeah, wow, were we wrong, man? Like Jimmy yeah. Butler is here to win, and he's not even doing it on just getting points for this team like he's facilitating for this team he's playing really tough defense on the on that end and he's averaging 3.8 steals per game through these first few games here granted small sample size but still like that's still a ridiculous amount of steals to have and he's only averaging like 15 points a game so he's deferring a lot which is definitely what we did not expect Mm -hmm. we thought he'd be chucking up shots left and right at least i did um, but he's get, he's letting Kendrick Nunn get his. He's letting Tyler Harrow get out, get out there. Um, Bam Adebayo is contributing well in the center position. I mean, this Kendrick Nunn guy. I remember that I just the only thing I saw about him before the season was in the last um, preseason game. Oh, he got forty right. points. I was like, oh, that's nice. This this random G League guy probably maybe get two way contract at some point. Got forty points. Well, guess what? He's starting for this team to start the regular season, averaging 18.3 points per game in real NBA games. And this is a guy who was undrafted, was on the Warriors G League team. Imagine if the Warriors had this guy too. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) They really do. Um, But man, he got off to a really hot start to start the season. And the last two games have been less exciting. He's at five points and 11 points. So maybe you start seeing some regression here from the rookie, which I mean, it's fair. You don't really expect him to continue this uh, coming out of nowhere, but then you have Tyler Harrow coming off the bench with a solid 13.7 points a game, 5.6 rebounds, um, filling that good six man role for them. And their only losses were to the nuggets and the Timberwolves so far. So two pretty quality losses there. And they've beaten the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. Um, so good stuff. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) they destroyed the Rockets. Um, they won by like 29, but it wasn't that close in the first quarter. That's (laughs) yeah. I remember. Yeah. The score after the first was like 43. That's ridiculous. But let's go, let's go some honorable mentions who could have been mentioned here, but not quite as surprising as the Suns and Lakers and Miami Heat. The the Celtics five and one to, to lead the East. And the Dallas Mavericks off to a hot start as well with 5-2 behind Luka's stats of 26 points per game, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds. Triple-double machine from the Euro from the Euro kid and Luka Doncic. How is this dude 20? <laughs> it's, all, it's crazy. <laughs> I always think back to oh just gosh. how many questions there was about whether or not he was worth the number one pick. Of course he was worth the number one pick. He was a Euro League <laughs> of MVP. Of course he was. 
he is literally the bane of the yeah. Kings and Suns existence. Exactly. Luka Doncic's out here averaging a triple double. Marvin Bagley's injured again, unfortunately. DeAndre yeah. Aiden takes wow. drugs. <laughs> I know this is kind of surprising that maybe it's too it's to be determined how much flack the Sacramento Kings are going to get over missing this pick. I know, dude. This it's crazy what this kid's doing though. Like could anyone see this coming? Like him just being a top five player potentially yeah, at this I think point that's in a, his career. I mean, it's hard to predict that, but I felt like there were there was obvious signs that he was gonna be a great NBA player. Like the fact that he he took a team to the Euroleague NBA finals. Yeah, people th- just thought yeah. he was too slow. You know, like that was his main thing. Is like he's not gonna be fast enough to play at the NBA pace. Oh yeah, but he dictates the pace. He makes pace. Yeah, he he runs the show, man. Like against the Lakers, man, he was clawing tooth and nail to try to beat them, basically on his own. Because yeah. the rest of this no, team, no, this guy can much. ball and top five players. Yeah, it's hard to predict that, but I mean, he was an MVP again, and man, he he took a team to the finals. Why is how are those not good signs? <laughs> that he's a he's a great player. Anyways. And let's go move on to the yeah. next. Let's go to biggest disappointment so far this year. And uh, yes, yeah, I, I know you're this gonna first hate this one. First is first I'm one, a little huh? bit disappointed in Nikola Jokic. Maybe not so much the the Nuggets in general, but I really put my eggs in the basket on this team. And Nikola Jokic really making huge strides in terms of MVP in terms of his MVP campaign. We're seven games in, and his numbers across the board are at their lowest, except for his rookie year. This is a guy with a five-year NBA career at this point. Oof. 15 points, nine rebounds, six assists on 46% shooting. It's actually pretty good. but It's like good exactly, for like a decent exactly. player. And this know? guy coming in with the hype and what he did last year, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 51% shooting, 30% from three, just a, almost a triple-double machine commanding the offense for the Denver Nuggets. It's it's bad. It's not looking good for Joe Kick and yeah, what what do you think is the what's happening to him? Is he just not trained? Is he, did he not conditioned during the summer, or is <laughs> he just a, bored? That's the thing that's hard to pinpoint. I, I mean, there is no word of injuries. The team is almost exactly the same. Uh, there is nobody competing with Joe Kick in terms of minutes. Right. I just gotta think he's just not in the right mindset, or he's not in the right physical condition. Which, with that being said, I hope is a good sign that it's only a matter of time before he's back where he needs to be. And, I mean, the Nuggets are sitting with a good record. I mean, not bad, but still, like, when you look at it, the Nuggets right now are 21st in offense, 9th in defense. This is a team that I think should be fighting for that number one seed and should be talking in terms of, like, being a championship team. And I think with Nikola Jokic playing like this, it's just not going to cut it. Oh, yeah, completely. Like, this this team ran through him last year. And, the, and you cannot run through a guy that gets 15 and nine for you like that. That's not he's going to have to step it up. And I mean, we can we can hope it's just beginning of the year jitters. I really just mm-hmm. hope it's not a motivational thing. Like it's not an Andrew yeah. Wiggins syndrome type of thing, because I don't know. He just seems like one of those guys yeah. that just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Like he might just be moody. And he's just like, yeah, basketball's whatever. Like I'm good at it, but yeah. I don't really want to work that hard. You know, like he just seems like one of those guys. So I, I really hope that's not the case with what's going on with him early in the season, because all signs pointed to him, like you said, having a top three mm-hmm. candidate for MVP type of year. 
um, all the pieces looked like they were in place, but yeah, it's just yeah. And super I think at this point, the, the Nuggets are going as far as Joker can take them. I mean, Jamal Murray's put up some decent games the last two games, um, but everybody is just kind of performing a little underwhelming on this Denver Nuggets team. I mean, heading into this year, we thought they would have like the most badass defense in terms of like how many guys they had out there on the wings and Malik Beasley, Will Barton, Gary Harris, and they're. Jeremy Grant, exactly. Jeremy they're, Grant not, they're ninth in defense, which isn't yeah. bad, but I definitely thought this was we were going to be looking at a top three defensive team, uh, top ten in terms of offense, you know, fighting right. for the number one seed in the West. So far, a little underwhelming. Yeah, and then, yeah, mm-hmm. and they they still can. Like it, it's early still for sure. So we'll we'll keep an eye on Jokic, but yeah, you, you hate to see it. You know, you want to see all these guys perform at their peak level, but yeah. maybe he's just saving we'll it up see, for the with playoffs. That gap yeah, between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid, like it looked like Joe Kick was the was going to take that right. best big man title. Uh, now that gap has grown considerably yeah. as of right now. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe that's what he needs. He needs to get punched or put in a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The yeah, other thing I think, just per- personally, I think is uh, the Pacific Division. We were really hyping this division up, and right now mm-hmm. it looks like it's not going to come close to living up to that hype. We got the Clippers and the Lakers. The, yeah, the Suns. The Suns are playing the good, Suns. but the Warriors—they're done. The Warriors yeah. are done. No hope. And the Kings—they look awful. Two and six. Buddy Heels got played the best, <laughs> I think, consistently. But De'Aaron Fox is up and down. Uh, Marvin Bagley is out. Uh, this is a team that's been just out. blown out a couple of times. Yeah, Bogdanovich. Yeah, he had a good game today, though. They when they almost came back and beat the Raptors yeah. today, but still, there's a lot of talk of uh, Luke Walton just being a disappointing coach, and maybe he could be on his way out already. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I I mean, I don't know how many more teams it's going to take for people to realize that Luke yeah. Walton is not a good head coach and that he probably did not do anything exactly. when he coached the Warriors to that like for that half of the season. He didn't need to do anything. They had four yeah. All-Stars on a freaking team. And then he goes to the Lakers and he does nothing. And then the Kings have a great season last mm-hmm. year and they fire their coach that all the players liked and bring in this guy. And the first thing that happens is that he's accused <laughs> of right. rape. And then, and then they suck. They, they go, I think they went what? Zero and four, zero yeah, and five exactly. before they got a win this year. Yeah. Like the Kings mm-hmm. fans finally had something to be excited about. And now they're right. Like the they Phoenix did a Suns swap the there. Division. The Phoenix Suns and the Kings, like what we, where we thought the Kings, I mean, the <laughs> yeah, Suns are going to be where the Kings are or where we thought the Suns were going to be is where the, the Kings are not. I don't know. But either way, it's disappointing now. I mean, I guess there is one thing to hang their head. They did beat the Jazz by one point a couple of, couple of weeks ago, a week ago. Yeah, that but, was very yeah. surprising. And then on the other side, you know, the Warriors, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to beat this anymore. But still, it looks like they're done. To me, the only two <laughs> professionals on this roster that are currently able to play that I recognize is Alec Burks and Wally <laughs> Cauley-Stein. Outside of that, I don't know who any of these guys are on this roster. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you. I'll, I'll give you a name <laughs> later on in the podcast that I got down there for you. But yeah, it, it is crazy how this Warriors team went from championship contender mm-hmm. to G League team overnight. Like I don't know. It's there's something that's like the last 
eight games the Warriors have played, Kevin Durant's torn his Achilles, Clay Thompson's been out for X amount of months, Steph Curry's broken his wrist, Draymond Green Ooh. tore a ligament in his finger, and D'Angelo Russell got an ankle sprain. Like, that has been the last eight <laughs> games for the Warriors. across the board. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you're at the hard cap, so there's, like, nothing you could do to improve this team other than make a trade, but I don't know if anybody wants any of these broken assets at this point or you're willing to let them go yeah i mean i think d'angelo russell's mm-hmm. is at least minor draymond green's not supposed to miss much more time but really the, yeah. the big deal is steph curry like this this team's going nowhere as long as he's out and he's going to be out until yeah. january at least um so at this point the warriors yeah, and- are a tanking team they're just gonna play their their young guys and pray that they some of them become meaningful yeah, exactly. role players. And their and their pick for next year's top twenty protected. So at this point, I don't really think it's worth trying to make a second half of the year run. Um, I think at this point you kind of got to settle and try to get the highest highest pick you can get, and then regroup for next year. Yeah, I don't see them. Yeah, I mean they they yeah. did beat the Blazers, which I mean <laughs> looking at another uh, one of our honorable mentions here, man. The, Portland three and four to start losing mm-hmm. to the G League Warriors. That was crazy for the Warriors. I mean, that was a great moral victory yeah. and actual victory. And for the Blazers, it's just like wow. Like why are they? Yeah, also and I think they're, they're start too. They kind of have some inconsistencies. I think Hassan Whiteside missed a game or two so far, and Zach Collins. And they lo- yeah, classic, classic. They lose losing and Collins, Collins is going to yeah. be big until Nurkic <laughs> comes back and. They just they, anybody who's over six foot ten, you need to either sign up for the Warriors or the Blazers at this point because both these teams are just struggling to get <laughs> decent size on their roster. Yeah, man, it it's crazy. I mean, you still yeah. have Lillard and McCollum there. Like Rodney Hood's a good score. They got um, right. Kent Bazemore now. Like I thought this team they, was just gonna be solid, but I mean they they might still be solid. They need some but, big men, man. They yeah, they need some big men. But then, swinging, yeah, then, they do need some big men. They uh, lost Ennis Cantor, exactly. and he hasn't been doing much for the Celtics besides their even outside of their hot hot start. He, he got hurt too. Yeah, they had to call <laughs> up Taco Fall uh, from the G League because they had like him and Robert Williams and. I think maybe even Daniel Tice hurt all for the same game, so they had to call it <laughs> nice. Taco. How about the Nets, too? Three and four. I got to say, I'm not that surprised that they're off to this rocky start. Uh, I mean, they had some overtime games, so they've been fighting, but I think it's just they they just need to figure out those lineups. Like, Spencer Dinwiddie's not playing really well. Carice Levert's playing okay. Uh, I think they still – the Jared Allen versus DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Jordan thing is kind of weird. Like, it seems Jordan, like they're still yeah. splitting minutes. Like, it just seems like they just they just need some time to figure their rotations out. Yeah, maybe. It's just what what's discouraging for me is that their only wins were against Houston, which is mm-hmm. okay. But, I mean, again, Houston is off to a weird, rocky start too. Yeah. New York – and New Orleans, who are respectively like yeah. the worst in their divisions right now, in their conferences right now. So nothing impressive right. so far from the Nets. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, they're gonna. I mean, obviously they're gonna be a contender next year when Kevin Durant comes back. But for this year, like you'd think that Kyrie would be enough to keep them in the playoffs since they really have the same team outside of yeah. uh, D'Angelo Russell. You just replace him with Kyrie. Thought it would be all right, but. I mean, they're they're looking yeah, like just and, a five hundred. Really so felt far. like the Nets were one of those teams that was on the fringe of being a tier two or tier three team. 
that was going to finish maybe in the sixth or fifth seed in the East. I still think they can do that. Yeah. And they can. So that's yeah. Why I, yeah, they do. They I'm not a lot that bit. surprised they started off this like three and four. But I think I still think they can figure it out. I think they just got some rotation stuff they got to figure out for their on their side. Yeah. So, is there any, any red alarms going off for any of yeah. these? I mean, the Warriors obviously, but uh, the Kings, Blazers, Nets. Any red alarms? Do you I think, think for these Portland, teams can turn they just got to figure out because I think it's a roster thing at this point. Losing Zach Collins, Nurkic, Hassan Whiteside. Hopefully, he doesn't miss any more games. I think they need to just figure out where they can get some decent size, whether it's tap. Yeah. They whether get they that either Kevin make Love a trade, trade work or they tap into G league resources or something, because I think Portland shouldn't be, they shouldn't accept an eight seed or seven seed given the core that they have in McCollin and, and Damian Leonard. And I mean, also having a sign Whiteside that I think they need to right. just keep themselves afloat until Nurkic goes. So I think they need to figure some roster move they can do once some of these, uh, some once some of the trades, some of the guys that just got signed are eligible for trading come December. I think they need to do some work, some big general manager work there. And then for the Kings, I would definitely sound the alarms here. Uh, I mean, you would be hoping mm. you took a big step <laughs> forward considering the free agent signings you made last in the offseason, as well as extending Buddy Heal. Those yeah. are just terrible free agent signings. Exactly. <laughs> and then the extensions you all. give uh, to Buddy Heal, and you obviously pick up Marvin Bagley's option. I mean, does De- I mean, this is all with the idea, I think, that De'Aaron Fox is also going to want to come back. So if this is another lost year, oh, you're putting definitely. yourself in a bad, bad situation in terms of like whether you can bring back a guy like De'Aaron Fox. If they if they fire Luke Walton, do you think that uh, that Jaeger or yeah Jaeger would no. ever uh, consider coming <laughs> no. back? No, I mean I feel like the only no. reason he came to the Kings was because he was in a bad spot himself after being fired from Memphis, and it's he didn't really do a good job there. I think when he left, so I mean I think just think he was in a bad spot career wise. Um, yeah, but then exactly. he, he made something of it. You know, like this was his team. Like he. He led this team to way more victories exactly. than that's anyone why I think he's actually in a, he's in he's in too good of a spot to come back to a team like the Kings. Yeah, I think he could take uh, a better job. Okay, so I he's think like, I can so. do better and, than I mean, you guys. I see. I mean, I, I mean, would see. take it as disrespect to be fired from that situation. I mean, I don't know what the backstory was, but yes, you, oh, you drastically totally. improved this roster, or like you outperform with the roster you had, and you get fired over it, or what for whatever reason. Yeah, it's classic Vladi Divac, man. It's like he finally stumbles into some success exactly. and he finds so, a way to ruin I it. I think if you're the Kings and Portland, I think you do sound the alarms here. As far as the Nets or any or Joe Kick or the Nuggets, I th- I think they're I think they can figure it out. And the Warriors, I think they've already accepted their <laughs> their outcome. Yeah, the alarm. The, yeah, the, the the place has been leveled. They they are full understanding exactly. of and what's going know, on. Let's go to the best performance of the week and that's Man, we're really just taking a roller coaster yeah, right yeah, here. Exactly. Up, down, up, down. Calling out your boy, Luka Doncic. 29 points, 14 boards, 15 Woo. assists, triple-double, 9 for 17, 5 for 10 from 3 in that win over the Cavs. I mean, I almost feel like it's like 
it's like when you play against a team at this point, like the Cavs or the Warriors, if you're a perimeter player, it's <laughs> like you hit that star in Mario Kart. Like you're just bound to have a great game. Yeah. <laughs> you're invincible. <laughs> I know. It's it's funny. This is such a good game for, I mean, for any player, but for Luca, mm-hmm. he's making it look pedestrian. You know, it's like 14 rebounds, 15 assists. It's like it's hard to get a triple-double, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. I mean, he's, yeah. he's almost getting up to 20 at that point man that, yeah. that is a man's triple double right there yeah. that's, How about that's this nice guy? can you pronounce this guy's name eric paschel oh gosh paschel eric paschel man eric paschel <laughs> oh my gosh basically a g league player for the golden state warriors he, he steps into the starting lineup with draymond green out and what does he do 34 points 13 rebounds on 11 of 19 shooting and four of six from three with That's only one turnover in a win, a win against the Trailblazers. Oh, he's Eric gonna frame this box, Paschal. this box score. He is going to frame this and put it on his wall for the this rest of the his most- life. That's quite the stat, and I don't blame him. I Eric Paschal has the most points of any rookie in a single really? game so far this wow. year. And I feel like we've Eric got a Paschal. solid rookie class this year too, and. Kobe White and John Morant. Yeah, we've seen John Morant get up to 30. R.J. Barrett's gotten into the mid-20s, but no one has surpassed <laughs> He's Eric not going to do it again this year. I think it's a – like I said, the Blazers just have no big men right now, no yeah. power forwards, no – they. yeah, anybody's <laughs> just going to cream that front that front court. I mean, we'll see if, if if Eric here gets to play against yeah. the Blazers again. Watch out for another sizzling <laughs> I, and hot also, night. And this next guy, I'm kind of surprised we didn't put him on big surprises this year. Brandon Ingram. I think we kind of just forgot the type of year he's been having. Yeah, we we can put yeah, it in Brandon here. Ingram, yeah, give him his credit points, right five now. Five rebounds, five assists, and two steals. Seventeen for twenty-four in the loss against the Nets. Unfortunately for him, Oof. all these mighty stat lines he's been putting up have all still been lost for the Pelicans, but still, like, he is <laughs> doing him, man. He's playing the game he's always wanted to play, just, like, backs up, pops up on mid-range, draws draws fouls, drives it to the basket using his length to his advantage. And, you know, he was heavily criticized in L.A. for playing that way, but he's doing it, and now he's making shots, and he's putting up some great stat lines here for the Pelicans. Yeah, and I think that really speaks to you just have to play in the mm-hmm. way that you're most comfortable playing. Like you can't force yourself to play in a certain way. Like I feel like the Lakers try to make him be as like right. much as Kevin Durant as possible in a way. And so mm-hmm. now he's just able to be Brandon Ingram and Brandon Ingram is yeah. a very good basketball player turns out. And he must he knows that he's the he's the most uh, highly coveted free agent going yeah. into this 2020 offseason uh he's gonna be the guy that is actually gonna move the needle for any team that wants him i mean he he could very well just resign with the pelicans for a max deal but he's looking mm-hmm. like a max deal player with these kind of stat lines because this isn't a flash in the pan either like he like you said he's been putting up big numbers this whole year so far and it'll be interesting to see when zion comes back in about a month and a half um how that usage rate looks for Brandon Ingram uh, with Zion back on the floor. But I mean, he, so far he looks great. And if the Pelicans uh, can be happy about anything, it's him. I mean, obviously I think his point per game will drop slightly, but I think Zion is the perfect counterpart to Brandon Ingram right now. I think that 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think they're going to su- be successful with that uh, in and out game and big man versus little guy right here in Brandon Ingram. Obviously, you have Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball as, as your point guards, but I think Brandon Ingram is playing the game he needs to, and I don't think he'd ever reach this point in L.A. as long as LeBron James was on that roster because this guy no. needs the ball, and he's making good yeah. good moves with it. Unfortunately for the Pelicans, they just don't have enough to win games. So, But for the most part, Brandon Ingram's <laughs> been a solid spot on this team. Yeah, it's too bad because yeah, by the time Zion gets back, they're gonna be like what <laughs> five and twenty, something like that. And I mm-hmm. they might start winning some games though when he comes back. They might they might end up being like go five hundred yeah. the rest of the year, which would be awesome. Because um, I mean, it just does seem like they're just missing that one extra piece, which Zion would fill very well. Because they, they've been fighting in these games. I mean, they they clawed at this Nets game where the where Brendan yeah. put up forty. I mean, they're trying. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're putting in the effort. So about Gordon Hayward. I mean, is this guy here to stay? Is this this is revival tour, or are we, or are we, or is this just an anomaly here? Because I think because J- Jalen Brown's been out of the last couple games, but still thirty nine points, seven rebounds, or seven assists, eight rebounds on seventeen for twenty shooting against the Cavs. Again, it's a Terrible perimeter defensive Cavs team, but still, I mean, <laughs> he deserves a the shout Cavs. out here. Hey, yeah, you go 17 for 20. Like, I don't care what <laughs> team you're going up against. That is crazy, especially as Gordon Hayward is an outside shooter. Um, fun fact here is one for four from three, which means he has 16 for 16. Wow on two pointers yeah so crazy stat line here for gordon hayward uh really great to see i mean we mm-hmm. love we all, we love to see gordon hayward do well on this podcast and i i think this is the start of him reviving his career um no more kyrie irving to steal the spotlight and i think jalen brown being out for a few games has helped hayward find mm-hmm. his role a little bit more um give him some more room to operate and yeah he's gonna be this score he's gonna be the scorer for this team and Kemba Walker I think is gonna be that second option for them and be that more of that facilitator I think that's where this team's really gonna shine as we're just giving Gordon Hayward the ball and yeah letting him do what he crazy. did let's saw. see how far he can push the Celtic team um so let's move on to worst performances of the week because and this is a guy Sean that I told Oof. you, man. I felt like there were some question marks around him. You- <laughs> that's Mike Conley man Mike Conley Great player, yes. Uh, but he is getting up there. He's get he is getting he? up there and he has not had a hot start to this year and he put up another uh, dead performance this week. You want to talk about Mike Conley here, Sean? Uh I guess. You're you're <laughs> sad about Jokic. Well, he's done nothing like Mike Conley. And this isn't even a flash in the pan for Mike Conley. I, I like that. <laughs> flash in the pan uh, <laughs> phrase for this podcast because this isn't for him though because this isn't the first time he's had a horrible game this year but this one happening this week uh, makes our worst performance of the week with eight points one assist one rebound on two of ten shooting with five <laughs> turnovers and a lot I mean granted it was against the Clippers so I wasn't completely sad but man Mike Conley <laughs> Who saw his regression coming I had a this feeling. fast? I, had a, I knew it was going to be a gamble. I mean, new team, string of injuries he's had the last couple of years. He's getting up there in age. and <sighs> the, the looked like the system was yeah. going to work so well for him. He doesn't have to be the first scoring option. 
He can just play good defense and have an efficient shooting. He no. clearly can't do efficient shooting. He's never quite been an elite shooter. He's <sighs> been a good shooter, but not an elite shooter. So, yeah, he just but like yeah, yeah. he just doesn't need to be elite. Exactly. He just needs to be decent. Just be <laughs> decent, Mike Conley. Like, what are you? Like, you are way worse than Ricky Rubio ever was for this team. Like, this is looking like a disaster for the Utah Jazz right now. Like, they look at Rick, Ricky yeah. Rubio's doing in Phoenix right now. You don't think they wish they had Ricky Rubio instead of Mike Conley right now? Like, man, I I don't want to overreact, but it's two weeks into the season. I'll give him another two weeks. I got to drop him after two. If I, if he's still doing this after a Your month, fantasy team. like he's gone. Like I can't, I can't. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> he got me negative four on Sunday. Negative yeah. four. And I mean, this is bad, but it's he, what did he start? Like one for 16, the first two games. So I guess there's slight improvement here. Something like that. I mean, slight in other words, like, yeah. Yeah. I dude, mean, he hasn't helped, is... but. The this Jazz are four and three, bad. so they're doing okay. I'm sure they wish they were one of the five and two teams or five and three. Uh, but hopefully, Mike Colley finds his way somehow. But yeah, you would think this would be a great environment for him at this point. But I think, I think he's losing his legs a little bit here. Man, I just didn't. I didn't yeah. see it coming this quickly. You know, it's not like he, it's like I don't know why he aged so fast. That creating grind just beats so you up quickly. It's like Bogdanovich. Like yeah. Bogdanovich is new to this team too, he's and he's balling. having they a great so season. On him, if he's if he gets hurt for this Utah team, yeah, because yeah, no one, yeah, because yeah, Conley can't score for crap, and Donovan Mitchell's doing his thing. Bogdanovich, yeah, Bogdanovich has been very good, but Conley, well, man, I'm sorry, <sighs> it hurts. <laughs> I can't talk about Russell it Westbrook. I mean, this is yeah. I think you should talk about this Russell Westbrook performance too. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, we 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 alluded to the Miami Heat game where they won 129 to 100, and it wasn't that close against the Houston Rockets. Well, in that game, Russell Westbrook putting up this <laughs> delicious stat line of 10 points, four rebounds, six assists on three of 11 shooting, seven turnovers, and this is the kicker here: a whopping <laughs> negative 46 there plus minus rating. <laughs> In this game, which that plus minus is the fourth lowest wow. ever recorded since that stat I didn't know existed. that. Oh, does that mean? <laughs> minus 46. They lost by 46 points while Russell Westbrook was in the game. Well, I mean, considering it's only seven turnovers, we've had guys on here with like... Only, yeah, and, I mean, only this seven. Game was lost from the start, and Russell Westbrook was trying to claw this team back. Uh, yeah, not very. Yeah, and I, I think it's an interesting much. dynamic, and we knew it was going to be weird. We had we saw James Harden have like some bad first three games, and Russell Westbrook had great games, and now all of a sudden it seems like we've switched. But for good news for the Rockets, they're actually winning these games now when Harden is that number one option and really just getting himself up in that 30-plus point territory, 27-plus points. So I think it was always just destined that Russell Westbrook was going to be the co-star here. I think when he tries to dominate the game as he once did, (laughs) I think we end up with performances like this. Right, and then I think Russell Westbrook actually sat out the last game they had, which was on Monday, and Harden... Just took yeah, over the team like he usually did, and 
Uh, I mean, it was against mm-hmm. the Grizzlies. But they won the game, but yeah, like yeah, and they Westbrook absolutely. Wasn't I mean, who doesn't? But they absolutely crushed the Warriors tonight, and James Harden had himself quite the game. Yeah, yeah, but who doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> that's not as impressive either. But still, fourth lowest wins a win. Yeah. Fourth lowest ever. Well, final man. thoughts to close Crazy. this podcast. I told you, Sean, I was going to allude to this earlier, but here it is. At this same point. In the NBA standings, <laughs> one through eight seed in the East, it was basically already set. And what I mean by that is the teams that were in the one wow. through eight finished one through eight at the end of that year, except for one team. That was the Charlotte Hornets, who ultimately got beat out by the Miami oh. Magic with like, what, three weeks left to go in the year? Like we were making a bet on who was going to hang on, whether they were going to get caught by the Magic. And they ultimately mm-hmm. did. They had the hardest schedule going into that stretch. Or not the hardest, but a very difficult one for them. And they ended up getting beat. And then when you look at the West, every team was set except for two. The Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies, who were hanging on still at this same point last year. And they ultimately got beat out by the Rockets <laughs> and the Utah That's Jazz. Right. Which was no surprise there. So I guess... At this point, Sean, right. you know, it seems like at least 80% of the NBA standings are already set. So with that being said, are are the Suns, are the Mavs and the Suns the ones to be pushed out or are they there to stay? I mean, if it's going to be any team, yeah, it's going to be the Mavs and the Suns. Um, it, it's tough for me to like, cause mm-hmm. the Warriors are out of it now. So that does leave a spot open for one of these teams I mean, it. there's a lot of parity still right now. I mean, the Timberwolves are tied mm-hmm. with the Spurs for the eighth seed, so you could even include them in it. you got to think Portland's right. going to make the playoffs. Um, so Portland's going to have to kick out one of these teams, and it's going to probably be the Suns, <laughs> Like as much as it pains me to say it. like I still don't think they have a very high yeah. chance of making the playoffs. Uh, I think the Mavs, the Mavs yeah, are going to be the team exactly. that stays, though. Yeah, I like I like the Mavericks and man, playoff Luke is gonna be fun. Yeah, I, really I think if we're looking it. at this and based off what we saw last year, it's safe to say that if you're here, you're all you're you have a really good chance of staying one through eight. But I could I do see the Blazers making a big stride here, and I think it's gonna either be the Suns and I'm gonna say it again, Sean, and I've been saying it the last two years, the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> the Spurs are not, dude. You can say it as much as you want. You haven't learned. For, I haven't learned that the Jazz are gonna make it every year. You need to learn that the Spurs are gonna make I it every year. Just year accept it. Either, it's gonna either be the Spurs or yeah, it's gonna be the Suns who ultimately okay. don't hold on long enough to make it. It's it's gonna be the Suns. Um, as far as the East concerned, I agree. I think I think the one team that's not yeah. gonna make the playoffs is Charlotte. Um, and yeah, the Nets will probably be the team. That goes into there, so yeah, that yeah, one's pretty I think much Charlotte set too. is the biggest bluff here. The Pistons are gonna hold on. So you think the Pistons hold on to eight, mm-hmm. the eight seed here? Oh yeah, yeah. Once Blake Griffin comes back, this team will be a little better yeah. too. Yeah, well, I think they'll we'll hold on. see it. But it almost seems like we were already looking at our playoff bracket. Now the only thing that's left to figure out is uh seedings but we still have still have a lot to we still have a lot of nba to go well thanks everybody for tuning in we'll be providing coverage week in and week out for the nba season yes sir have a good week everybody